0: I come to you eager to help you, serve you, lift you up on your goal-setting and getting journey. Now, let's settle in and jump into this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast. Hello, my goal-setting friends. Welcome to episode 80 of the Goal Crafter Podcast. Thanks for coming today. You know, a verse comes to mind when I think about the journey that I personally have been on to learn all that I can about setting and getting goals. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I don't know why, but that verse has been coming to my mind. Uh, Anytime that I think about how young, relatively speaking, now that I'm in my 60s, but how young I was when I started learning everything that I could about goal setting. You know, I personally study and learn by reading or listening to information. In a perfect world, I'm someplace where I can take notes, but that doesn't really happen that often. Usually, I read And I I listen, especially listen these days with the wonderful invention of podcasts and YouTube, Uh, but I listen to most of my material and I listen to it over and over and over until it starts to penetrate into my brain. But going back to this journey since the age of, I guess, 29, that's how old I was when I started working for this really wonderful and godly physician by the name of Dr. Hootsie. And it was through him and the way that he had set up his very small office at the time. There couldn't have been more than four people working there. And I think I was the only full-time person on the team. Everyone else was part-time. But he would set aside an hour every week for us to sit down together and listen to and learn from giants in the goal-setting space. Zig Ziglar, Earl Nightingale, Deb Carnegie, uh, Napoleon Hill. He let us take the time out of our busy schedule to invest in ourselves by learning as a group. And I don't think I really appreciated it then, but I sure do now. (laughs) So when you look back at things, uh, hindsight, always seems to increase your wisdom. But I I credit Dr. Hoetze with really getting me on this path that I've been on ever since more than 30 years, almost, let's see. Yeah. More than 30 years of trying to learn and apply everything that I could about setting goals. And it was from Zig that I learned the importance of writing out my goals and giving them a due date and thinking through the plan to get them, and then taking action. And the action step, I will, again, credit Dr. Hootsy. That's one of the biggest things he used to always impress upon his team was once you've set a goal, the most important thing you can do is what he always taught us, was to take action. But anyway, I I learned the basic method about which I wrote in my book, The Goal House, Jacob's Secret Summer of Success. I, re- I learned about that basic method from reading and studying Zig Ziglar and then later on adding to it such people as Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn who also taught me about the importance of maintaining a positive positive mental attitude on the journey very important because always always we seem to be confronted by obstacles that occur on our pathway to achieving a big goal I am so grateful for all of these teachers who were a part of my early learning, my early understanding and my early application of the principles of goal setting. They really have served me well and I thank God that I had the good fortune to work with someone who believed in lifting up the people around him through continuing education and opportunities to advance. I was beyond fortunate in that respect. Having said that there came a time when my thinking on goals, particularly the achievement of them, began to grow beyond what I had learned earlier. I began to study the words of Bob Proctor, who spoke of goal setting from a somewhat different standpoint. He taught me that the methods I had been using and teaching for decades worked, not so much because of the method, but because of the mindset that accompanied them. That was really his forte. And you know what? Learning that was the great aha for me. You see, I spent hours upon hours puzzling my way through this question. Why am I sometimes successful in achieving a goal? And why am I sometimes not successful in achieving a goal? And I had lots of ideas on the subject, particularly when it came to the goals that we set. that I set for our business at the time. I came to believe that if if the goal required a lot of people working on it to make it happen, the chance for success was very small. And the reason I thought that or I began to think that was because I was forever setting these big stretch goals for our businesses and we would come up short. And this happened repeatedly. Quarter week, we always used to measure things by quarters, and quarter after quarter, you know, we'd get together, we'd review what worked, what didn't, and if there was a goal that I was personally accountable for, and I had, and I was the main contributor to it, which happened less and less, the, the bigger and bigger the organization grew, but if I was uh, the primary person who was to take action on the goal, Then I feel like we made a lot of progress and I was able to tick things off my list, goals achieved. But if a goal required many members of the team to work together in harmony, each doing their part, it seemed like the wheels could fall off the bus a lot more frequently. And then in my personal personal life, the same thing would happen. I would spend time thinking about what I wanted. I would decide on a goal. I would write it down, give it a due date, create a plan of action, and then take action. And again, sometimes I celebrate a win, and many, many times I fail. We don't talk about our failures that much, do we? I don't. And then I learned and I taught about this study that was performed at the Dominican University over on the West Coast. And it was one, it was a study which sought to publish the success rate of achieving goals among these different cohorts. So what they did was they set up a group of of people, five groups of people really. The first group only thought about their goal. The second group went the next step and wrote their goal down. The third group wrote the goal down and They made some action commitments, meaning they committed to taking certain actions to move their goals forward to completion. The fourth group wrote the goal down. They made action commitments and they reported on their progress, I think weekly. And then the fifth and final group did all of those other things. They thought about it, they wrote it down, they made action commitments and they reported on their progress. But the thing they added was an accountability partner to to keep them focused, to keep them on track. And, of course, as you would imagine, Group 5 was the most successful at achieving the largest percentage of goals. I believe it was 73%. Whereas the first group that only kind of mentally thought about their goal achieved 40, I want to say 45%. I'm going to check that and I'll post a link to this study if I can find it in the show notes. Even though group five was successful 73% of the time, my brain goes to, well, what about the other 27%? If they followed what is considered to be the best method of setting and getting goals, which was to do all of the things that we mentioned, and they still were successful only 75, let's call it 75% of the time, what was it about the other 25%? Now, I may look back on this in another 10 years and come to understand that though I thought I had matured in my thinking and understanding of the science of goal achievement, I was still thinking as a child. That could happen. I reserve the right to be wrong about this, but this is what I'm thinking today. I believe that the gap between not achieving and achieving a goal when all the preceding steps have been consistently taken is mindset, particularly the mindset of belief that the goal has in fact been achieved even when our physical senses do not yet perceive it. You know, it's been said that in goal achievement strategy only counts for 5% of success And mindset makes up the other 95%. What then shall we do to achieve more of the goals that we set? Well, I think we keep practicing the fundamentals, the thinking, the writing them out, the action steps. Those are the fundamentals. But I think of equal and more importance is to practice the advanced step. So it's the advanced, it's for the mature goal setters, the ones who are willing to question the results they've been getting and, and experiment with whether they could get more consistent results another way. So I think the advanced step is to maintain the mindset that the goal is already achieved. And this requires practicing, this requires practicing maintaining a positive mental and emotional state so that you're in alignment with the goal that you aspire to achieve. Notice I said practicing. This mindset work, ladies, requires an extraordinary amount of attention and energy. But we can do it. We can do all things through Christ, remember, who strengthens us. I'm paraphrasing from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We can do all things through Christ who who strengthens us. So practicing staying in a positive mental attitude about the goal being achieved is not for the faint of heart. I can tell you from having practiced on this quite a bit over the last few months in my attempts to achieve certain goals, that your mind and your paradigms automatically, maybe it's your paradigms that automatically try to pull you back in line it tries to keep you in a mental state that it's most comfortable with and to be in a consistently positive or upbeat state requires a choice and it requires work (laughs) it does Uh, you may wake up feeling just peachy and circumstances people News, whatever it is, the events of the day can come at you. And if you aren't on guard, if you aren't monitoring your thoughts and observing and being aware of when your state shifts from one that is upbeat and positive and expectant, then the toxicity, the, the negativity of the world around you can put you, put you right out of alignment with that which you are seeking. I watched a video the other day, and it was so good, and it's so simple. If you can envision this, think about having two glasses in front of you on your table or on your desk. In one glass, picture it being half full with coffee. I hate to use coffee. Let's use tea. Picture it being half full with tea, brown tea, Lipton tea, Lipton iced tea with no ice. And picture the other glass being half full with a glass of pure refreshing water. The pure refreshing water is going to stand in for our positive mindset. The tea is going to stand in for the negative stuff that we're exposed to every day. So the, like I just mentioned, the news, bad news from your associates, negativity from other people you encounter, the person who cuts you off on the freeway, whatever it might be. Now, imagine yourself taking a spoonful of clear, positive water and putting it into the brown liquid. What happens? Does the color change at all? Do this for yourself, you'll see. It doesn't. It stays dark and, and uh, moody and cloudy and angry. You would have to literally pour that whole half glass of clear liquid into the brown liquid to have any hope of lightening the mood, lightening the energy. However, if it was reversed and you had the clear liquid and you put even one half of a teaspoon of that brown tea into the clear liquid, it would immediately change the color. It would immediately turn the clear water a darker shade and it wouldn't take very many teaspoonsful of that brown liquid to really muddy the clear water these two glasses of liquid are simply symbolic of how little how minute the the uh, dark negative angry pessimistic thoughts how quickly those can can pollute your sunny, optimistic, expectant attitude. Conversely, you can see if you do this experiment for yourself or this demonstration for yourself, how much positivity it takes to overcome the opposite. So every day, feed your soul, feed your mind, feed your spirit, feed your heart. Feed it with that which is good and true and holy and pure and happy and expectic and optimistic. This means whatever it means to you is what it means to me. It means starting out my day with reading the Bible. It means prayer. It means reminding myself through recordings and through readings and through visual cues that I have in my environment to be positive, to expect and believe for the best and to continually go back to this idea throughout the day it also means to be aware when there's a shift when there is a step away from a positive and uplifted state and it means making a choice to move back into a more positive vibe and again i said this takes energy and it does and it takes practice I'm not good at this 100% of the time, far from it. But I do notice that when I make the most progress and when I feel the best about the way things are going in my life, it is when I have chosen, despite all of the evidence to the contrary, to stay in a state that is optimistic and expectant, that is happy, that is joyful, that focuses on the positive. It doesn't happen all on its own. It requires work. So you, my lady friend, have to make a decision. Think about whether this resonates with you. And if it does, then as you go about achieving your goals, remember mindset and not just any mindset, a positive expectant mindset is what will get you the rest of the way. The note that I have on my board To remind me this right now is, remember, the stream of plenty always flows to the open expectant mind. I've got a blog up about that on the Goal House, which you can find. I'll have it linked into the show notes here. I hope that by talking through this with you today, it has given you something to think about. Something to challenge your thinking on the science of goal achievement And uh, I hope that it's helpful to you. My goal is to help 5,000 or more women as they go about the pursuit of their goals. And uh, I hope that this information is one of the tools that brings that about. So today, as I send you off with your expectations high and your, your vibe sunny and joyful, let me just say a little prayer of thanks To God for you. Heavenly Father, it is such an honor and a blessing to get to talk about this information with this group of ladies. I pray today that you would help them understand and receive this information in the spirit it's given, and that you would walk with them always as they pursue not only their goals, but pursue having a positive and sunny outlook on the world. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it for today, ladies. Go out and get your goals. Did you enjoy this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast? Or do you know a midlife mama who needs a boost on her goal setting and getting journey? Well, take a screenshot today and share this with her and with your community. And don't forget, I really appreciate it when you take time to give me a review. Want even more? You can find me at sharedgoalsconsulting.com, where I frequently add free resources to serve my fellow goal setters and even post up a few of my favorite photos of my munchkins. That's it for today, mamas and mimies. Be blessed.